Hello, everyone uh, listening in on this broadcast. My name is Brandon Jurwa. I am a comic book writer known for G.I. Joe, Highlander, and, uh, of course, Battlestar Galactica Zarek, which is coming out this fall from Dynamite Entertainment. Some of you may know that the character of Tom Zarek on the new sci-fi channel Battlestar Galactica series is portrayed by none other than Richard Hatch, and I have him right here with me. How are you doing? How are I'm you doing, doing fine. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm intact. Uh, that's, that's all I can say at the moment. I've been extremely busy, but uh, it's been a great time for me. That's, uh, that's the best anyone can hope for, I think. I'd like to, to make a quick acknowledgement for our, our wonderfully patient engineer, the evil professor Noel Gross, who is uh, beaming this transmission to you from a satellite high above the great state of Texas. And uh, thank you, Noel, for all your hard work. Your box containing 1,000 virgins will be arriving shortly. I hope I remembered to poke holes in the box this time. Okay, Richard. <laughs> I appreciate you being here with me this evening. Oh, this is great. The big question for me is, how many times a year does some jerk walk up to you and say, hey, you looked really different on Survivor? <laughs> I'm sorry. I almost choked on that. Uh, well, it, it has happened more than I would like to admit. Um, I cannot tell you how that man's fame has complicated my life. I mean... <laughs> More people, I mean, if they mention my name, the, the first thing that people say, unfortunately, my name, Richard Hatch, actor, Gap Bowser Galactica, all my children in the streets of San Francisco, all the projects that I've been involved in has been obscured by the survivor, Richard Hatch, so that when they mention Richard Hatch on the news or somebody says to somebody, I know Richard Hatch, the first word out of their mouth is, how do you know him? Isn't he in jail? And, uh, you know, how could he have done what he did and blah, 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 blah. And they have to always come back and explain, no, we mean the first, the original, the one, the only uh, Apollo Richard Hatch. Um, so anyway, I, it, 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 it has been a problem. I mean, I hate to say it. It was fun, kind of funny for a moment, amusing, but it has gotten in the way. Uh, and I, unfortunately, uh, when you have somebody that's famous with your same name, uh, it can be very confusing for people. Well, yeah, I, I uh, have no fear of that myself. I know for a fact that uh, that my family represents all of the existing Jurwas on the face of the planet Earth. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm covered in every way, shape, and form. And any uh, any time accused of, unfortunately, I will probably be guilty of. Uh, so you you have been as as you mentioned uh, involved with a lot of projects. You uh, you've been on everything from All My Children to uh, The Love Boat to, to Baywatch to Kung Fu to Murder She Wrote. And uh, I I mean if you don't mind I you know let could you share a little bit with everybody listening just to, uh, sort of a your impressions of your career thus far and where you've been and where you're going. <laughs> Boy, what a question. Um, the, well, first of all, I, I, in my career, I've been everywhere. <laughs> I've been to hell. I've been to heaven. Uh, I've been to the den of iniquity. Um, I've been to the dark side. I've been to the light side of the force. Um, I mean, honestly, it's, a career is a roller coaster ride. And, and obviously, like many actors, there are many shows that I've done that I wish I could uh, somehow buy up and dig a big deep hole and bury uh, those shows in uh, because, you know, we as actors never know sometimes 
when we get involved in something, whether it's going to be good or bad and what, how it's going to be edited. And unfortunately, sometimes you don't know until you see it on TV like everybody else. Um, but I certainly have been blessed in being part of some very, very good shows. And I've been blessed, I guess blessed, I'll say blessed, uh, and being part of some very, very um, bad shows. So I think if somebody was watching my career, they would be a little confused, maybe a little neurotic, trying to ascertain whether Richard Hatch is a wonderful actor or a horrible actor. Nevertheless, there's been some uh, some extraordinary things that I got a chance to do. Dead Man's Curve, playing the true life story of, uh, of rock stars Jan and Dean. Got to play Jan Berry, who died uh, recently, uh, who had a severe head injury and had to struggle with that most of his life. I got to play a real-life living character while he was alive, which is rare, and uh, also got to you know do some... Uh, incredible work with uh, Peter Ustinov, people like that, on uh, Charlie Chan, The Curse of the Dragon Queen, which uh, was a wonderful piece where I actually got to star with Michelle Pfeiffer in one of her first movies. Where I was as, as Richard Hatch and Captain Apollo 28 years ago, what I have grown to today is that I am much more comfortable in my own skin. And I was struggling with all my demons uh, back in you know the 70s and struggling to kind of come to terms with all my fears and insecurities and issues. And, and so I feel like as an actor, I have grown tremendously. And as a, as a person, I have grown absolutely tremendously. And, and I think that work is reflected in, in the work that I'm doing with Tom Zarek on the new Battlestar Galactica series. Uh, I've come to a place where I'm, I'm just more connected on a deep level um, to who I am. And as I've said to so many other people, Rather than just kind of going to war with those parts of yourself you don't like, you start to just embrace and accept and forgive and love yourself just as you are. It doesn't mean that you're not growing or learning. It just means that you start to kind of become comfortable in your skin. And from that point, I think it's really allowed me to do some of the best work that I've ever done in my life. Here, here. You spoke about... Uh going to war in a, in a figurative sense, uh, and I don't know if this is going to fall into the category of what you perceive as good or bad, but uh, you are a seasoned veteran of uh, two shows that I consider myself to be a, a long-lost art form, and I'm speaking of Battle of the Network Stars and oh my uh, Circus <laughs> of the Stars. Right. And uh, I think those shows are personally long overdue for a comeback, especially <laughs> you know in the age of reality TV. You, you have any good stories from uh, Circus of the Stars or Battle of the Network Stars? It seems like it's a right playground for terror. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have some stories. And uh, first of all, many people in the Circus of the Stars were doing kind of what gimmick tricks. They were doing tricks and things like this that, that you normally see in a circus. But, you know, they're kind of gimmicky, and, and basically they just take somebody setting up the trick, making it look difficult or scary. And uh, it looks good on TV and good drama. But, you know, the, the actor really didn't have to challenge themselves. Now, there were other tricks, which are, I don't call tricks, but other events, like walking the high wire, like the trapeze, which I ended up doing. And these particular events, you couldn't fake. These, these particular events, we were asked to go out there and really work out for almost two months before the show and basically be trained by Bob Yerkes who was a stuntman and circus man who used to be a catcher in the circus, basically has a place way out in the, the middle of the Fernando, San Fernando Valley where he's got trapezes, high wires, uh, high falls set up, 
where stunt guys usually go out and train, and any circus people coming through town can go out there and work out. And this is a place where several of us, including, by the way, Brooke Shields at one point, she used to be out there when she was like 15, 16, many, many of the, the stars from the shows at that time uh, were out there working out, and it became like a little family. I mean, we were all athletic, and we all, you know, really got into it, and we were all scared every day, because you were doing something you've never done before, something that really had a certain level of risk to it. So we worked out for, for two months, and went up and, and did it. I did the trapeze uh, twice. I actually did a double, uh, which I caught once. Um, I injured myself many times um, on the high wire. I did a forward roll, a headstand, uh, rode a bike on the uh, on the high wire and basically stood up on the uh, the seat of the bike and uh, held uh, one of those things overhead. Almost touched the top of the tent, by the way. Um, that's how high up I was. And and basically, I mean, I love the thrill of it, the challenge of it. And again, we all had a ball. We all went to Vegas. You know, us would be uh, athletes who who really like to go out there and you know push the limit. We got a chance to do that. And and the funny part is. I got to a point, and, and I got two stories to tell that, that should be interesting. One is I injured myself very severely doing the forward roll, practicing it. I had practiced so many times and bruised my back rolling on that little thin wire that I got a huge, horrible spasm. I rolled over the wire, and I rolled off, and I could, I could not stand up. I was the most intense pain of my life. So I now had to go take care of myself and find some kind of relief for this incredible pain and at the same time make a decision about whether I was going to go the next week. It was only a week away when I would have to be in Vegas and perform the event. And I cannot tell you to this day why I did this, but I told them that I was going. And basically for the next week, I had a good friend, uh, Robin, come over and basically hold me all in through the night, putting hot packs, cold packs on my back. I tried every kind of alternative therapy I could take. I took every kind of painkiller. I was in most incredible pain, could not sleep. And by the next week, I had not been able to work out. I had, I had not really accomplished the forward roll once without falling. In fact, uh, I had had one of the trainers actually tell me, you should fake it. You should get up and forward roll and almost miss the, the, the wire and then catch it with your hand and pull yourself over and make it look really dramatic. And, of course, when you try to fake it and make it look like it's tougher than it is, it's almost impossible to do that uh, unless you are the most skilled person at what you're doing. And, obviously, we were only training for a couple of months. So I let that go, and I had basically been trying to just accomplish the event the right way so here I am, a week out, not having ever really accomplished the forward roll completely, and, and I'm in all this pain, and the next week comes, and slowly I'm able to crawl on the ground. The day before we leave for Vegas, which is only four days away from the event, I can barely stand up, only after kind of stretching on really deeply, very slowly for almost an hour to get my back to stretch enough to stand up with intense pain. And I'm still going. I, again, I cannot tell you why. Um, all I know is that this woman that helped me every day, she sat there, hot packs, cold packs. She held me, helped me get through the pain. And she goes to Vegas with me. And we get there. And, of course, I can't even work out. I'm still planning to do this. The warrior in me was determined not to let two months of training go down the, the drain. And we get to the day of the event. But I'm walking in great pain. 
Now, the thought of going back up on a high wire, which I had not even practiced the forward roll on, in front of the cameras and the audience, I imagine doing all of that, having never even accomplished it once in training, having been injured severely, having not even had a chance to go back up and rehearse. I stretch for three hours in the slowest, most agonizing way, and finally my event comes, and I walk up this slanted wire from the ground up to the top, never been up that high, and then I walk out to the middle of the wire, I put the pole down across the wire, put my head down on the wire, took a deep breath, rolled over, and you know what happened? I rolled off the wire, and my hand reached up, grabbed it with my finger, pulled myself up over the wire. Meanwhile, the pole, which fell out of my hand, bounces along the wire, doesn't fall down, literally bounces along the wire and bounces into the hand of the guy at the end of the wire waiting for me. Bounces <laughs> into his hand. I pull myself over the wire. I get myself up on the wire without a pole, and I stand up and without a pole, balance myself and walk over to him. He hands the, the pole, the uh, cross pole, back to me. I walk backwards, put the pole back down on, on the wire, put my head back down on it, and do the roll again perfectly. And I stand up, put the pole over my head to a standing ovation. Wow. All I can tell you is I, it was the most extraordinary moment after all I had been through and to accomplish it that way, in the most dramatic, theatrical way possible. Now, that was a great story, okay? And I can only tell you this also. What normally, and I've been injured before with a bad back. I've been injured before where it took three months, sometimes six months for a spasm of that level to un unlock. And I've had to go to the hospital a few times. That, right after I did that event, do you know that the day, the next day, I was already able to walk three times better than I could walk, and within a week, my back was almost healed. What normally, what should have taken three to six months, within two weeks, was healed. And I cannot tell you why. Because all the doctors that looked at it said I was absolutely nuts not to be in a hospital bed in traction. So that was one story. The next story is that I got taken out the next year by the, uh, by the circus executive producers. And they take me to the nicest restaurant. And, you know, they're always talking about which events you're going to do this year and, and what would you like to do, and we'd love you to come do this. And so they're taking me out to this nice restaurant with the best champagne, Cristal champagne. And they're just pouring it into my glass. Every time I drink it, it's gone, it's filled. I get a real, real big buzz after about an hour and a half, two hours of talking, conversation. And they're not talking about anything to do with the circus. Finally, they come up and they go, when I'm totally sloshed, they say, we want to talk to you about what we'd love to have you do this year. And I said, what, what's, what's that? And they go, well, we, we were thinking about putting you in a straitjacket and taking you up about 5,000 feet and pushing you out of the airplane. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> yes. That explains the champagne. <laughs> yes. Now, I was not quite sure if they actually loved me or they didn't love me. And I finally got the message. I finally realized that they didn't love me at all. And I, of course, said no. That was one of the best decisions of my life. Uh, I decided that that was just a little too risky. 
Well, I, I don't mean to alarm you regarding what, what could have been a near-death experience, but I, I heard that in the late 70s, uh, ABC executives tried to feed Hervé Villachez to a lion. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, no, I think they mistook him for food. <laughs>